to take over the government? <laughs> <laughs> In fact, don't ask me for photos. I love my wife to death, but like she hates the fact that I'm like, I'm glad that you love me, but I get that everywhere. What I need from you is sex. (laughs) (laughs) Tell him, Steve, Dave. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Tell Him Steve Dave. I am here with Walt and I am here with Q and I am here with Kevin Smith. Yes! I'm a guest! You're a guest. This is part two. The first part of this is going to be on Smodcast and Kevin's YouTube channel. This part is going to be on our regular feed and you can go to patreon.com slash tell him Steve Dave for the video. If you want to see it, you you go behind the in the, the club. You got to join the fucking Tesdy kids in Tesdy Town, right? It's a good time. You want to be a part. That's a you, you want to see the video too, particularly yeah. because the video is like you can hear what we were talking about, but you got to see the faces everyone was making. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were such serious faces. Um, all right, so back to the show. Uh, we uh, recorded an hour over at Smodcast. We recorded for three hours. To be honest with you, we're breaking it up into three episodes, and this is the second part of the uh of the of our long conversation happening here on the Tesdy podcast. Uh so if you didn't listen to Smodcast prior to this, you're probably not missing much. It's not like we fucking had any revelations you haven't heard before or anything like that. But it is definitely worth a listen uh to catch up to where we are cuz right now as soon as I stop talking we're going to dive back in to where the conversation is. So it's going to suddenly we're going to go from me explaining shit to like us deep in something. And so if you're like, what the fuck? They went deep, hard and fast with no lubricant is because we already went, you know, just the tip on Smodcast. Now we're taking it to the shaft and then there's three hours. And so in the third hour, which is over on Smodcast, Walls um, deep, son. That's it. That's what we're going for. <laughs> we don't get in there right away. We ease ourselves in. So, yes, the third part of this you'll be able to find on Smodcast, both on the podcast and on uh, my YouTube channel and stuff. But for right now, enjoy section two, ladies and gentlemen, the Tesdy part of our long conversation. My God, you love this man. Uh, we deal with this every week. <laughs> Here, let me ask you this. Have, and you got to be honest. Yes. Dead honest. Dead honest. Would you say? No. <laughs> That's clear. I don't have to ask that question. <laughs> He's made that very clear. <laughs> Is the wall green? Have you, have, has he ever done something so moving that you have gotten emotional or cried? No. But you've never, no. how about the fucking. With the comeback against Atlanta. Get him. You were at my house. Right. <laughs> You were there. You saw me as close to tears as probably you ever did, but I didn't. But I didn't let any tears fall out of these duck duckets. <laughs> was that a, a conscious like effort? Like I won't give him that. <laughs> no, no, because because Gidham was watching the game with me, and I'm like, I'm not gonna cry in front of my. All right, my, my son. If, if your if your own boy wasn't there to watch, um, I mean, it was it was just like jaw dropping. Even the Super Bowl this year was just because I didn't think he was going to win. I mean, he's going up against the greatest right now in Patrick Mahomes. So for him to pull it off, especially he got blown out by this guy. You know, this guy came into his house in before Thanksgiving and they put up like 40 points and they could have put up even more if they didn't, if they took their foot off the uh, the pedal because they were crushing him so bad. I didn't think he was going to win. And it just was 
So wait, how, that, how nervous was I getting for that? I mean, you were. Have you ever seen me you that were, way? Like, standing just like, standing. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a way. I probably a side of me you never saw before watching that game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was just like, like I, I, I was like I was on coke. <laughs> if I, I, don't know, how, I know what that been, is. I, don't know, I, don't know. I think that's what I would be like if I was like if I took an eight ball. Compare it to how <laughs> a whole eight ball. <laughs> this is how you would be. You would just be like, yeah. what? Compared to when you were passionate about the Devils and the Devils were up for a cup, very very similar, or more, probably about the same levels of anxiety. Where I was like, where I'm off the couch, I'm running around, my hands are shaking. My feet are freezing because I'm so nervous. And, and you don't even give be... a fuck about the team. It's just the it's guy. It's just him, yeah, because I don't want to hear anybody fucking at me on the, inter- on the social media and be like, oh, how'd your boy do? Like, <laughs> That's, I, I just can't stand That's that. where the love comes from. It comes from all the hate. Yeah. <laughs> and, then I, and then I just get immediately after the game was over, just fucking go out there and be like, you know, because after every playoff win, I was just like, get her done, goat. And I know it fucking annoys uh, oh, like 90% of our listener base. He's quoting Larry the Cable Guy too. <laughs> I knew that would be annoying too. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly sweet to see your fandom. Because I can't think of anything like even uh, by the time I started hanging out with you, you're you like the devils, but you're yeah. you were over the initial hump of like <gasps> discovery. So they were just a part of your fucking life. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like a late in life development yeah, and it's not centered around a team and it's not even centered around the state. Like at least the devils, you can make the argument like, well, New Jersey devils home team and shit. And he gave him a shot and he still backs them. This is a fucker from someplace else who does insanely well at his fucking job, um, but, like, apparently the world doesn't like him. This part I didn't know. I thought everybody fucking yeah, no, him. no. I mean, it's well, He like, kissed his kid, and that, that set yeah, everybody against him. Yeah. Yeah, like, he was on some interview where he op- no, uh, no, no, opened no, mouth kissing him. No, 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 he did a documentary, him. and, yeah. Yeah, and he, that's what, yeah. He opened mouth kissed his son. He just kissed his son on the lips. Yeah, I, I know. I, I knew he was, I knew that he was, he was going to take some shit for that. And I was just like, oh. Tom, why'd you do yeah, it? Just go, like, no, go. If I, if, Don't get that done. Go like, do it when the cameras are off. Yeah, like, there should be like, I wish that like I was buddies with the guy. Cause there's nobody probably close to him. That could be like, you got to burn that footage. You got to get rid of that footage. Go, we got to hang out. Cause I got your back going in a way that nobody else does. Because nobody in his camp probably was like, has got the balls to be like, you can't release like, making out with your son like he's like 10 years old i'm sure he didn't see it that way i'm sure he was like i don't think we're making out i just gave him a kiss well i think the problem was that like the kid wanted something and tom brady was like all right give me a kiss first like yeah, he had to earn yeah. whatever it was by kissing. oh fucking he made him earn it with some fucking some smooches and shit. yeah and he has a habit dad to- too as they say hashtag dad too he kisses yeah he has a habit of kissing his dad only when he wins it's not all the time, but he does kiss his dad on the lips when he wins a Super Bowl, too. Where are and the you? owner Number on the one. lips. Who, that's Tom the, Brady? Yeah, and the, that's the owner that was going to massage parlors, too, so I don't know. I'm just trying to keep up with the Tom Brady fandom. Don't take me off site with, like, and then there's the guy who got the fucking massages. I'm like, who's that? You got a... He got a what do you get? It was no massage. It was a handy. Damn. Was it a handy or was, it, was there anything with oral? I thought it was just a handy. Who was this? Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots. Got a hand job? Guy with God knows yeah, how much money 
decides to go to a fucking low rent massage parlor. <laughs> before the Super Bowl, no, before the AFC Championship. But he always did it, right? It was a thing. Yeah, they I think had it was his, his lucky thing. Like if I get until a hit. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> until he got my lucky sting. thing became my unlucky thing. <laughs> um, so so charming, but also very like. I guess it makes sense in as much as you're like and follow the path. You're like, I started doing it to make fun of him. And then I actually fell in love with him. It is kind of a meet cute story. You could literally turn that into a romantic comedy. Yeah, lifetime. <laughs> you initially tried to troll him with Tim Tebow, right? Was it that he was? And then no, I actually, again, it's always because I, I hate when like a quarterback or, or an athlete was, was taking shit just because he was a Christian. Good at what they, oh, so, oh, Tim, T- Tim so. Tebow. So then I, I adopted Tim Tebow before Brady because I just couldn't stand the way that he was taking so much shit. For being a Christian. Yeah. You're for, not even, wearing it on You're not sleeve. even a Christian now. No. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you're just a, yeah, really. You're just, you're just a contrarian. You're like, that's what the passion comes from. Like, who don't they like? That's my God. <laughs> yeah. But then I actually, but then the troll became, what's what became what? The prince? <laughs> no, no. You know the troll and the prince. Yeah, I've never heard that tale. Like, what did I become then? Because I, I was actually a bigger troll- a fucking troll a in troll. love. <laughs> yeah, because I legitimately learned, like, became to like, like, just marvel, legitimately marvel, and legitimately be like, just wow, just knocked on my ass by like all this guy's accomplishments. Were you liking him when we were still doing comic book men? Um. Probably, yeah, probably, but you know, it's it not just like never, now, though. Not yeah, like if now, you were in the no. throes of comic book men, you know, fucking like they'd be trying to book him for one of the shows. Oh, yeah, but I mean, we did one, I don't know if it ever aired though, where like, um, we did a like a what was it called banter, banter. where I told I, I asked the guys which athlete would like you know, Flash Gordon, remember Flash Gordon yeah, saved yeah, the world, yeah, yeah. he was a New York Jets quarterback in that movie. I was like, pick a current athlete today that like if he had to save the world from an alien armada, who would you pick? And, um, you know, everybody was wrong because I was like, it's Tom Brady, idiot. It's like, if you don't pick Tom Brady, you want the world to die. (laughs) And that's when AMC was like, cancel it. (laughs) (laughs) They're talking about sports now. What's the point? Cancel it. Um, The uh, the uh, Patreons uh, started right after the collapse of or the cancellation Mm. didn't collapse. They canceled the uh, comic book men. I've told this story before, but it was always so fucking shocking to me. Every year that they renewed the show, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Again? Like, and not in a bad way, but I was always shocked because I was always sooner or later. I thought they'd be like, nobody wants to watch you and your fucking friends on TV. And eventually they did say that, but it took seven years <laughs> to get there. So every year they renewed the show. I was always like, man, I can't believe they fucking renewed it. The one time like where I was like, oh my God, of course we're getting another season. I just had a heart attack. Like, fucking, I'm all over the place. Like, and they had you come to Upfronts twice. And they did the Upfronts <laughs> as well. So I was like, oh, we're definitely fucking coming back. And uh, Charlie from fucking uh, AMC was like, uh, texted me. And he was like, hey, if you got a chance, give me a shout. And I texted him back. And I was like, well, it's my anniversary. So, like, I don't want to hear any bad news. Joking around. He wrote back, oh, then call me tomorrow. <laughs> and instantly oh. I called him. I was like, Charlie, well, what's up? And he's like, yeah, we think we've come to the end. We're, we're kind of finished. I said, I look. I said, I'll never fight you on it, man. I can't believe you let us fucking have as many shows as we did. Thank you and stuff. I was like, but like, we're at 97. Can we just shoot like three more? And he goes, yeah, that just financially doesn't make sense. So like he wouldn't, and I'm not saying he's a prick. He's a wonderful guy, but they had reached a place where they were like, 
we don't want to spend 10 more cents on this show. Like, <laughs> and not because they're like, we, we don't fucking like you or whatever. They're like, you're the, it's done. We're done. And to be fair, we went way longer than any fucking unscripted program they started. Cause we were just one of many unscripted programs that started in AMC, but eventually they fucking pulled the plug and stuff like that. I think the only ones that would be us would be talking dead. Right? Yeah. That's right, because they were, I think they started like the year before us, or like two months before us, or something like that. I can't figure out the, the logistics behind it, because the numbers you guys were getting at that time of night, like, why wouldn't they be happy with that? Like, it just never made sense to me. I, I thought it was I, a new regime, right? I, I don't know. Well, I mean, Charlie was still there, so no. I mean, and he was the guy that would make the decision. And he was like, he loved the show and loved us and was was super warm, funny fucking guy. A dude who never really should have been an exec and not because he's not good at the job, but he's like entertaining and quick. Like he should be on this side of fucking things and stuff. But he eventually got to a place where they were like, we just can't do it anymore. And he called all of us, which I thought was nice. Did he? Oh, yeah. Did he he call you? Oh, yeah, yeah. After Kev told me, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, Charlie didn't break it to me. I shouldn't even took that. You should have told me. (laughs) Like it's my anniversary. Delete. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, what was your thought when you heard comic book men was ending? You were probably relieved. No, no, I wasn't relieved. I was surprised because I thought for sure, um, like many previous years, I also was like, there's no way they're bringing it back. They keep pushing it like it's airing at 2 a.m. <laughs> yes. what, what is the what is the end game for them to keep doing this if they just keep like burying it at like, you know, on a Sunday night, Monday morning at this point? Never replay it. Never replay no it. No reruns. Yeah. So I, I was always of the mindset that it was getting that it was always the last year at the end, but not that year. I thought that, you know, with the heart attack, I picked there's no way they're going to they're going to cancel. Like I, was, I, was, I was like, it'll be, look so bad if they cancel. Do you think it, it had anything to do with it? They're like. Feel like we can't. What if he dies on camera? No, because I'm sure they'd be like, "What if he dies on camera?" Well, the insurance. I thought if you died while you were on the podcast set. Wow, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that. But But they didn't have insurance on me on the on the show because we're not like uh, they had insurance in as much as if somebody trips here, fucking, we can't sue them or something. But they never insured any of us. Like the way that they ensure you want to even movie. when Mike went up in that helicopter. <laughs> well, I guess there was some insurance covering that, but it's certainly not like the you got a blanket was covered. <laughs> Mike, not so much. Mike, don't let go. Why? No coverage. I was uh, talking to Mary Beth today. We were walking through Red Bank, and she said, "Like I miss the uh, the comic book men's summers." And for like in that comic moment, comic book like, men's summers yeah, is like, a great name for a memoir. Yeah. Or a song. Yeah. Well, or a fucking video for Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, yeah, it was like all these people that you don't normally get to talk to. Like they, like they just all come together and it's everyone you like, everyone, you know, there were very, uh, it was very rare that you saw a new face on the show. And it was like for two months, you're like, it, it was work, but it didn't, to me, it didn't really feel like work again. It's like, I went there and I fucked around with my friends for X amount of hours. And then we left. Mm. that crew was happy awesome. to be here though. you could tell that crew was like they're standing in mansions by the sea yeah. well they should be happy but, yeah. but they were they, like, legitimately they, like jazzed to be there every year their housing was fucking far superior to mine <laughs> <laughs> but they did live in groups didn't they didn't like a bunch of them stay in that mansion uh, it wasn't like Christian had his own mansion no Christian stayed in a big place but it was only with like uh, Kimberly and, his, and, and uh, Melissa his, his girlfriend Mello yeah uh, but some of the other people, like they didn't have mansions like the PAs and shit, but still it's like, they're a block away from the ocean, you know, in the it, summer. It, they all nice. see anytime I came, cause my, my role on 
uh, comic book man was very much i pop in every month and shoot wraparounds and stuff and everyone else actually did the heavy lifting of the day-to-day shooting the show like you guys shot five days a week 12 hours a day and shit um i came and sat around the poker table and was like what'd you guys do and made jokes and stuff like that so anytime i came to visit you got the distinct sense of uh family from that crew they were very happy to be there nobody like was like this fucking sucks man i can't believe we're still doing this and shit like that they they really looked forward to it that job uh, i think christian told us at one point he was like this is the vacation job he's like we come here in the summer we get to fucking hang out at the beach we get to shoot a really fun show they were always very complimentary and then that was like thing something i took a great amount of pride in which is weird because i didn't create it you guys were talking before i ever met but they were always very like into the idea that like we roll a camera and we have a show because in the world of unscripted TV, you, you don't always have like the luck of impractical jokers where four guys all have something fun to say. Um, there's a lot of pulling teeth. And with Brian and Walter on Comic Book Men and, and of course, Ming and Mike as well, there was just constant fucking content. That was the first like compliment they ever passed on where they were just like, uh-oh, who's that? Oh, oh, get him. Get him. Get him. Get him. Your Walter, son. your up? son. Sh- <laughs> fucking shit up. Um, the, it was, that was the compliment I really enjoyed when they were like, your friends are like fast. They, they, they come up with shit to talk about. And they were impressed by it because the world they were used to dealing with, they roll cameras on somebody for an hour to pull out five, 10 seconds or something like that. That's when Nichelle told me, he'd be like, you know, just have a conversation. And people be like, what do you mean? Like, about what? And it was very difficult. I mean, like, and when with you guys, it was like, here, talk about this. And then we talk about it for five or seven or 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, now talk about this. And just, and I missed that. I missed that. I felt like it kept me very sharp, even through the, like, again, a fucking Oxycontin addiction. Mm. It still kept my mind sharp and I felt fast. And like, when it, we got away from that, I'm not doing it, you know, every day in the summer. I just, I don't know. It felt like your mind feels more muddled and a little slower because you're not, you're not, you're not being sharp. Yeah, right. it's, it's yeah. basically that. This is kind of the exercise quotient. Um, when you heard Comic Book Men was canceled, you were like, woohoo. No, I can't believe <laughs> My it. show's still on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm the season eight, bitches. Uh, no, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I like just looking at the numbers, I'm I'm still I still don't stand how they didn't pick it back up. It just seems like a no-brainer. I, I pitched to them recently on something else to AMC and Everyone I pitched to, I didn't recognize anybody, but all of them on the pitch were like, we love comic book, man. I was like, all right, well, do it again. And they're like, anyway, what do you got? <laughs> well, I'm ho- I, I, we talked about it on Telm Steve, Dave, because we, we just were in the process of putting together this deal with Warner Media where we produce stuff. And I'm going to try and get it brought back. That'd be amazing. I'm gonna if you can it. resurrect the show, because one of the things that I like deal with on social media is not people being like, fuck the goat. People, <laughs> which is something you deal with all the time with your Tom Brady love. I deal with a bunch of people who are like, why don't you do comic book men again? As if I am in charge of that. As if I'm like, well, I elect not to because I don't want to be on TV and fuck my friends. It's like I have no choice in the matter. Like somebody else doesn't want to do it. If somebody wanted to fucking revive yeah, it. I would love to. We're, we're, we're as soon as we get all of our um, our office space and all that shit, we're going to go out with some stuff and that's going to be one of the things that I try and push. And I'm hoping that because it's a new deal and they're excited to see what they bring what we bring like oh great they green light the first three things they'll be like, yeah they'll be like fuck this is great we could do it so it's it's a plan but i, I didn't realize how long it took to get a development deal going <laughs> six months now i'm like all right let's get started but, and know. the thing about the budget was it wasn't huge it was not a big no. budget for a show like that but Comic book man? yeah but you know what it was i believe it was about 
five million a season, I think, something like that. Which for those like listening or watching, um I'm trying to think of a show that people like. Grey's Anatomy, minimum five million a episode. Mm, right. Probably more than that. So we got an entire season, which to be fair was how many episodes? Eight, sixteen? What do they count as? It a- depends. Yeah. It was usually anywhere from thirteen to sixteen. Um but still, well, like never a cheap show. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 that's true. It's never, it never like they were like, oh my God, the show's doing well. Let's spend more. And they were always into how well the show did. They were very frank about it. They're like, oh my God, you guys kill in your time slot. Like one of the things that made me proudest about the show when they told me was like, they were like, you guys kill fucking Conan's numbers. And he's on, you know, fucking TBS with a budget and shit like that. So there were a bunch of people watching for a long time, and that's why we got to stay on. I remember telling Charlie at one point, like, I think when he picked us up for year five, I was like, oh, my God, I can't thank you enough. Like, I know you only pick us up because you and I are friends. He's like, you think I pick up the show because we talk on the phone sometimes? <laughs> He's like, that's not really how television works, Kevin. He's like, your show makes money for us. As long as it does, we'll keep doing the show. So I guess they've hit a place where they're like, it's not enough. Yeah, it's not enough money. Because that's it. It wasn't like we're not making enough, any money. It's just like we could make more. And let's free this up for something that will make more or something. I often wonder if they had treated it more like IJ, where you can't fucking get away from it on the network. IJ, well, I mean, number one. No offense. And number one, I I refuse (laughs) to fucking call it IJ either. I'm fucking done with this hipster shit. (laughs) Uh, For Impractical Jokers, like Impractical Jokers has a better formula for for like viral activity because it's fun it's a, like i'm gonna watch you do this like you, i'm gonna dare you do this. it's almost like a game show there's a game show mentality yeah, there's no storylines you got no storyline but even that in our world there weren't that many storylines but still that's like uh here's set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline and and that's not diminishing it it's like sure that's yeah. what you could expect from the show and it's easier to get into whereas i think comic book men number one you have to like comics you don't have to like comic books or have an interest in comic books to jump into Impractical Jokers. You just have to want to see friends having a good time or fucking around or blah, blah, blah. So it translates far easier in a way that even if we were put ad nauseum onto AMC, I don't think we would have gotten all that bigger. Like as where'd you guys, where'd you guys notice your first big hit? Like Netflix, when people, more people started seeing it, when did you realize, holy shit? It was, no, it was just when true TV just switched over to comedy they canceled every show but us and they just started airing us without exaggeration like 18 hours out of the day and it was just like <laughs> you couldn't avoid it. like you know what i mean if you're flipping through the channels and you hit that channel we're, we're gonna be on and if you're high enough or if it's late <laughs> enough at night you're gonna be like oh what's this stupid shit and, and that's kind of how, how it went it was we we got lucky because our, we got we had such a shitty deal when we started doing that show so like we didn't get because it was a reality show even though we wrote so much and did it mm-hmm. so we we did we don't get paid per airing so for them they can air it as much as they want so that's why they did it at nausea that's why they did it because they didn't have to pay us and we always took it as like so we made a deal with them was like all right well there's nothing we can do about that but can we tour under the name and not give you guys anything because in the beginning they first were like you can't call yourselves in practical they were sending us cease and desist orders yeah um and then so you were able to finagle we were like guys we're doing comedy clubs in ohio just give it to us and at the time we were doing comedy clubs in ohio so that was kind of the break and then as we started getting into bigger bigger venues we were like oh shit the tv show is a commercial for the live tour yes so air it as much as you want guys and then by i think in the fifth season we were like in our contract we were like just put in a commercial for the live show at the end of the show 
and and it just worked to our benefit. And so at the end of every show, there's a commercial for the live. I like see the guys on tour. Yeah. So yeah. So that was I should do with the that's something that we never did on comic book men, but it's also something that like it's not like go see Brian Walt live tour. tour. Yes. Over live tour. Me and Ming standing up there. <laughs> um, holy shit, man! That's like. It's so weird to see the trickle down and then follow yeah. it and be like, oh, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And then, and then, because the regimes just switch over so much, you know, as you know, people are like, as, as new regimes, they're like, well, how come we, how do we get some of that touring money? And we're like, that's what I was going to ask. So yeah, they don't just, touch that at all. That now what it is is they get part of merch, yes. but they, they have to pay for the merch to so make the merch themselves. They make the merch so they can it. make it. And then, and then, and, and then give you a percentage. That's it. But you Absolutely. can also make your own merch. No, everything goes through them. So but they make all the merch. They make all the merch, right? But for the lot, but they hire their own merch company to follow around the tour. So they so just assume all the risk. They assume all the risk. Nice. Yeah. And split the money. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm sure it's not a great split, but yeah, they they get that. But the nice thing is, as I'm sure you figured out, and you guys have figured out over the course of ten years of doing Tell Them Steve Dave. Every piece of merchandise is also a free commercial. Anytime somebody's wearing that shirt, sporting that bumper sticker, wearing that patch, that's just a billboard. That's yeah. somebody walking around and yeah, somebody going, what is Suit, that? Wearing Superman, right? There you are. Well, exactly. You're doing, doing DC's work right. for him. There's the devil right there. There he is. Yeah. We're all branded. I'm yeah. the guy who's always selling me. That's what I got to do. I got P. Diddy going. <laughs> Look at you. Fucking fancy pants Sean and shit Sean. like that. This is what happened when like Ben hooked up with J-Lo. He started dressing all fancy and shit. You got married oh, and you yeah? turned into a fancy boy. I got M-Ho over there. <laughs> M-Ho. <laughs> um, it is uh, um, a thing of beauty to see uh, the continued uh, success of uh, what started as a, you know, a what started as like somebody got to help out Brian has now turned into like an industry for you, a side industry. Yeah, great. One. Uh, but in addition yeah. to like another industry yeah. and for you guys, the industry. Yeah. So much so that like, I thought like Tesco when, when, when he got married, I was like, that's the most greatest ending. Like, you know, started like he was so like down on his luck, you know, one foot yeah, on yeah, the yeah, stool. Yeah. Can, like if we had ended it on that episode, Poetic. Got, it would have been like, then, it then, a, got, like then an older guy who goes through a midlife crisis could see the whole thing, the whole story. Just yeah, like it, me with Gretzky. They'd be like, I know what happens at the end of tell him Steve Dave. I would have had my fucking foot back on a stool again. I got to get a real job. I didn't throw the stool out. I'm just not stepping on it this week. <laughs> Was there ever any thought or is that just amusing? That, that would have been like a, it. In a perfect world, that would have been the greatest ending. I thought, like you know, the the journey from like you know, I'm I'm so depressed to now I'm happily married. If if it was a would... if it was a free podcast, would you have insisted? That's the end. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to quit this ten years ago. <laughs> it was that was famous uh, fucking words that Walter said. When I was like, you guys should do a podcast. You should just like, they love you on fucking podcast. Sit down and do a fucking podcast. And his quote was, yeah, that's the cure for death. And I was like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you would find like, it's talking. You get to talk and people get to hear you. It's about being heard in this life. And Walter goes, I'll do it. I'm going to do it with him. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, he's going to, he'll quit in three episodes. So is <laughs> no skin off my ass. I'll, I'll totally do it with him. And it's gone on for a fucking decade. And not only has it gone on, as the original thing, it turned into something else. Like, you know, we joke and, and fucking giggle. 
But like, there's a reason Tesdy won't fucking end until somebody dies because now it's the career. It's not yeah. just a hobby. It's not just something nice to make somebody feel good. It is literally an industry. It's something that like puts the fucking roof over houses, over people's heads, puts fucking nice Sean John clothing on people <laughs> or whatever the fuck, fancy threads. <laughs> um, it, it is, it's like, it, if it was a free podcast, it could have been like, all right, we're done. But now it's like, but is it a good thing though? Because the was, I'll see some uh, some posts online. It's like you know you guys jump the shark. Oh, well, come on! They said that to me on Mallrats, bro. <laughs> like second film out, they were like, "You jumped the shark." There's always somebody yeah, but, to say but that. This is this is what is the genius of of these guys are, and I don't know whose idea it was, but somebody said that, and then a month later we had a we had a bumper sticker that said T S uh. is the shark. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at that's fucking that come at us. <laughs> Give us the material. The fans have been like the fuel, the wind beneath the wings, the fuel actually in the show. Like so much of what you guys do, that artwork, I thought you did that. No, I've done a lot of the artwork for Tom Steve Dave, not this piece though. Not this particular oh, that's piece. That's a good chair. Yeah. yeah. So crazy that the like one of the defining attributes of Tesdy, the four color demons, which is a visual image and a visual image of something metal with reference to comics wasn't drawn by you. No, yeah, no. There's there's a lot of artwork that isn't mine because we have a lot of uh, talented listeners. Yes. And uh, when I like this, this the tell them Steve Dave is the shark. That's not me either. But I just love that uh, that drawing, and I purchased <laughs> it from a listener. And I was like, I'm gonna make what, a shirt out of it. I'm gonna make a bumper sticker out of it. What about the shirts? Like the three, the rainbow barons. Well, that's a photograph, but I designed all those shirts and everything. I I, I made, well, except the uh, the. Except the uh, etching ham, the three heads, and the of course the, uh, the mugshot, the four color, and the mugshot. But the top three ones, yeah. yeah. Look at the flock poster. I mean, like this is this just shows up at my house. Stuff like this. You didn't even know this was. Happening. I didn't even know it was coming. Walt just. Had what do you call it? Flocked. Yeah, it's like a black light poster. Yes, from yeah. like I when uh, Ernie showed me at one point in the tour on the thing, I was like, oh my god, that looks like fucking something from the record rack. Like the kind of poster wow. they would tell. That's a reach back. It's a very, very reach back. Uh, for a year, for those listening who are like, Record Rack. Uh, when we were kids in Highlands, we had a record store, believe it or not. And it was called the Record Rack, right next to Record Rack, right next to Bart the Barber, the one-legged barber, who I'm sure you've mm. talked about many oh, yeah. times in Tesdy. Bunny, we have to interrupt this fine show for a moment to tell people about underpants. Mm-hmm. Do you wear underpants? No. You don't? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you wearing underpants? <laughs> I'm not aware of this. Maybe because I didn't get you any MeUndies? Is that the reason? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm sorry. Well, it's time we stopped messing around about funny things and talked about something serious and important. It's your underwear. That's right. We're doing it. MeUndies believes undies are something that should be yelled about from rooftops or shown off in mirror selfies. Don't you be taking any mirror selfies. You take any selfies? A lot. You take a lot of selfies? Mm-hmm. You put them on the internet? Not yet. Not yet? I'm going to have to inspect each and every one. I wear me undies. And remember that panda robe I was wearing yesterday? What? That panda robe. It was a robe with the panda bears on it. Yeah, you're cute. Yeah, you said it was cute, right? Yeah. I mean, come on. If that's not a heartfelt endorsement, I don't know what is. Uh, MeUndies isn't just here to make sure every booty is comfortable, but they're also limiting the amount of laundry you have. I don't like doing laundry. Do you? I don't. Me neither. They designed a membership that not only saves you 30% on each order, but delivers a fun new pair of undies or socks right to your door each month. Plus, you're the boss. You like being the boss, don't you? Yes, I love to be boss. I thought so. 
Uh, you can control your shipments, and you can get early access to most of their exclusive prints. Uh, let's see. MeUndies are offered in a wide range of sizes, from extra small to 4XL. So those little underpants to big underpants. They're for everyone. That's right. That's fair. Now that everyone is... I don't know what that means. WFH? I'm not hip enough to know what that is. I don't know what that means. Do you know what WFH means? No, I don't. Okay, well, maybe somebody out there does. Anyway, they also offer the softest loungewear, so fill your closet with things you actually want to put on. So here we go. MeUndies has a great offer for the listeners. For any first-time purchasers, they're going to get 15% off and free shipping. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats, no questions. So to get 15% off your first order, Sage, listen up. Free shipping, listen up. And 100% satisfaction guarantee, listen up. Go to MeUndies.com slash T-E-S-D. That's MeUndies.com slash T-E-S-D. Do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, we have churned out, like in the last three years, so much merchandise because of the Patreon. Again, though, I'm not sure if it's a good thing, but it's fun to design it all. But at a certain point, I'm like, you know, is it like, is it hitting kiss levels of lunacy? <laughs> Do you have a coffin yet? Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one Brian's going to be sitting in, in the corner of the store. I'll tell you what, if this image was on my coffin, I would be proud to be dead. Yes. <laughs> Want to be dead at that point. Yeah. Um, no. I worry number, about that. Number though. one, as somebody who has reached kiss levels of fucking <laughs> crap, you're fine. You're, you got a ways to go. It's still at an incredibly charming level, at least uh, for me. And, you know, I'd like to think that I, I, I I don't come into this cold like I'm well aware of fucking Tesney and whatnot, but like when I saw the merch and shit, I was like, oh my god! And for the last few years, I've been like, I remember like when I saw the album, I was like, what do you mean they made a record? I'm like they made a record, and I was like, like so a, they're singing? Like, yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, I, what, I was like, we haven't even made a record, and they're like, yeah, well, they made a record. I was like, that's a doable thing. Like I'm gonna make a record. Um, from there and forward. Anytime I've seen something, I'm like, Jesus, like, that's fucking neat. But the good thing, while you'll never reach KISS levels, is because since it's Patreon-driven, it's only for the members, correct? Yeah. And you yeah. don't make beyond that, so it's not like you're still no. selling shit. So the but people who want it more than fucking life itself have it. And the people who would say something, who are people who would never buy it anyway— don't even know it fucking exists. It's perfect. No, they know it exists. And then I see them like some yeah, anti Tom Brady fucker is just like pooing it. They're like, you, like, again, like they've jumped a shark. They made a lamp, you know, and I'm just like, <laughs> That's and, awesome. wait, that was a bad thing. Somebody thought that was bad. Well, there's just too much now. There's just too much. Like but they're getting just, it. Yeah, but that's no, like, there are people who aren't getting it. You know, I guess like the, I like, they like see how the silly it is. Yeah, they see the pictures oh, wow. online. And so, yeah, I worry about that. I, I, I want to like turn it into a sideshow. Um, it is though. We're all in the sideshow business. All of us act accordingly. Yeah. (laughs) If you can steal someone's attention, I mean, think about how much competition you have in this world for the attention of an audience member. If you can steal as much attention as you've stolen from these people over the course of 10 years, like that's fucking talent. That's, that's, that's all we're doing. We're in the distraction business and you have distracted an army of ants for a decade now. With your fucking antics and stuff. And you fucking captivated people with your antics on television. And you still continue to captivate people with your antics on television and shit. Crazy. And if I had, 
if somebody had told me at the beginning, pick one of these fucking three, I'd be like, why am I even including the guy who yelled at the bookstore clerk? Why is he <laughs> like, he's, he'll be a big part of this. So you got to pick out one of the three. I definitely would have said like Quinn will not like Quinn's going to go places, but Quinn had the openness of like, let's do a thing. Let's do a thing. He has like that. He's got that boyish energy yeah. you just want to like you just want to like just yeah. Wanna kiss, oh yeah just want to kiss oh, it on the lips yeah. <laughs> tom brady style <laughs> you did good oh. yeah he had like he brings that kind of like yeah he energizes uh me definitely like when he's involved in it and whatever we're doing because he has that kind of like that boyish like yeah man it's this guy's 45 years old. Yeah, but he brings he brings an energy like he like he, he's Robin, he, he dude. Kicks it up. He's Robin. Yeah, yeah. the boy wonder. Like, gee, Batman, let's kick some ass. I like, just remember. ready for it. Plenty of times where I've dragged ass in here. <laughs> not not for many a year. Yeah. Not for many a year. Yeah, you're you you have yeah you definitely like bring a spark that you know oh, that is geez. very very much uh, noted and appreciated. Well, that's because you guys. Because all of us. There's a Kev inspiring us and suggesting to do a podcast. I mean, it's, yeah. it's more than suggest. I made you do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I edited the first one yeah, and I fucking right, gave you the yeah. title and was like, you have to do this. Yeah. You, but that was the, it's one thing to be like, uh, to ride you guys, give me audio and I'll cut it up together and shit. And fucking no count joint counter joint is not the name. <laughs> Like <laughs> that, that part tried over the years to bring that back. It's a good name, but it, it, this Tesdy obviously. I still is think the there's name. a Patreon episode there. Sure, there's a, definitely a side show called Joint Counter Joint. Right. In a world of Patreon, don't you have to do multiple things? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. doesn't oh, yeah. Sunday Jeff have a show? And yeah. fucking get him. Do you have a show yet? No, he's on the Sunday Jeff show. He's he's the Ed McMahon. You let your son be Ed McMahon to Sunday Jeff. Yeah, I don't should be a Walton Getham show. Um, Sunday Jeff's a real talent. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah, he's, if you yes. have, it, yeah, it may look like he's comatose, and he, and he doesn't have a he pulse. Is. He's got that fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's undescribable. He's not the guy with the boyish energy. <laughs> yeah, but he has boyish energy too, because you like I made him eat. I mean, I'm sure you never heard about this, but like we had a pussy eating contest, and we used figs. Figs with hair, like <laughs> fake fur around it. <laughs> Why? That's the most disturbing shit you've ever seen. And that, and like when you, and like when you turn it on, I tell Sunday Jeff, like this is what I want you to do, and he just does it like with the uh, a grin ear to ear. I guess it's kind of how like you feel like when you see like that. Well, like we're putting up a green screen. Or anytime I'm like Jay, do this. He's like, all right, yeah. <laughs> and like, so like, yeah, we had we had like you just for. It's amazing, like what, like with a little bit of like like suggestion, and like, were you willing to do this? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Well, and then a, a guy, it's a good thing it's innocent shit. Like, hey, let's shoot a little video as opposed to like, want to take over the government? <laughs> <laughs> You're also talking about a guy that I feel like would never be involved in shit like no. this. No, another guy no. that also doesn't occur to me as like somebody who's like, hey, I'll be on a microphone. No, no, yeah, and that's I guess that's like that that. You know, it brings me to a, a point where, like, that is something that I will, I, I will be like, without a doubt, your insistence, not in, in a good way, of like including people in your journey. Mm. That's the Gretzky part. That's the like, I'm going to pass you to puck. You score because it's fun. That has inspired me to include everybody in my circle, from Sunday Jeff. It's clear to, to my daughters. It's in the work. 
You could see to it. get them to everybody, any friend that I come into contact that or I make, I'm like, we're going to have them. a whole Frank five day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just like that. It comes from like being in, you know, being and seeing how you, uh, handled things and including us in things throughout, throughout your whole career. Mm. That comes, it definitely comes from like being, seeing how you handled yourself and how you wanted to include everybody else. It's that more fun. I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand. Like uh, we're lucky, I guess. Maybe we breathe verified air, all of us at this table, but all of us got successful with friends. And that's not true of many people or almost any people in this business at any level, not just like the world of podcasting or the world of TV movies, just entertainment in general. It's a very cutthroat fucking world that's filled with egos. And a lot of people, me, me, me and fucking out front and shit like that. And don't have friendships. That's conventional wisdom in the entertainment business is you don't have fucking friends because everyone's in competition with one another. We sitting here at this table have been lucky enough to have come to success side by side with the people that we were unsuccessful with as well. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody could like lie in this room because we all knew each other when. So it doesn't matter how fucking successful one could get. And you meet people in your life who are like, you're just the most fucking famous person or the most successful person I've ever met. They weren't there when you weren't mm -hmm. everyone that we work with was. And because of that, there's something more satisfying about the win. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm sure like we can't all be Tom Brady and win by yourself. <laughs> Take the whole team with you and shit. Winning with friends is kind of like, you know, I guess that's like the thing about Gretzky that I found most appealing, at least as it was portrayed. He was like, Oh, he likes all these people. And because he likes them, he like brings them in and fucking like, it's like Messier said, you just have to show up and do your job. You carry your end of the bargain and something fucking magical would happen. It's, it's kind of, it's the story here at this table. You just have to show up. You have to do your part of the fucking bargain, carry your part of the fucking show. And every week something magical happens. And that was not the aim. It wasn't like, let's start this thing because it can be a thing that will fucking like, will be how we make a living or how we'll be, what they'll fucking talk about is when we die, they're going to talk about this shit. Tesdy. I'm going to talk about fucking this, that, or the other thing. We're going to talk about fucking like this thing that you've built that's oh, unique. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, they'll talk. I, <laughs> I, could, I could die. They can put my corpse in the corner. <laughs> Maybe I'll go to talk about Tom yeah. David. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's like, but I mean, it extends, of course, to Quinn beyond just Tom Steve Dave. Obviously, he does the same thing. Oh, yeah. We, with we, fucking Impractical Jokers. We, have, we sold the network on so far three specials. That's just our crew. Because we love them so much, they've been with us for ten years. We've been fighting to get them on the show, and now now we do f total episodes about just the sound guy going out and doing impractical jokers, and the crowd loves them. We do those that. cruises, <laughs> and fucking people see Danny Hollis, our sound guy, and they they, they he's a celebrity. Might as well be athletes. They they go fucking nuts and they want pictures <laughs> of them and shit like that. And it's like that's so much better than somebody asking me for a pit photo yeah. is to see Dan Cask at it or, or yeah, it's just way better, man. It's way better. In fact, don't ask me for photos. <laughs> That's what we're getting yeah, at the heart yeah, yeah. of it. Just, just go, go Danny Hollis. He's, he's it's like a fucking real Ringo thing where he's like, no more autographs. Peace and love. Yeah, peace and love. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I just pointed out, Sunday Jeff would never have done something like he's doing now 
if not for like bringing him in. Right. But I feel the same way about myself. I don't know about you, but if it weren't for Kevin, I would never have thought that's just not the way I grew up. It's not the way I thought about myself. It's not the way I was raised that like, you can go out and do something like this. Like you, like people would want to listen to you talk and people might even want to watch you look like an asshole on TV. It always (laughs) confounded me that you, both of you weren't more. And then the, the term is not more sure of yourselves, but like, you know, I, like I was like, he's fucking hysterical and he's fucking hysterical and they're both fucking brilliant. Like they don't seem to know it. You know, that's why I tell him Steve Dave was an effort because I was like, people like you on the show, like unbelievably. So they like when you guys sit on the show and fucking bicker at each other, you should do a fucking thing and stuff. <laughs> but like it, it really, it comes down to like, uh, I mean, I, I, it comes down to the Howard Stern thing. Like, wouldn't it be great if you could just sit around and fucking like talk to your friends and that was your job. And it was not the aim obviously, but like it did become the version of that became our careers across the boards. Like he sits around, talks to his fucking friends. You sit around, talk to your fucking friends. I sit around, talk to my fucking friends. And somehow that counts. Somehow it's a business. Like you said, with what is it called? Frank five or whatever. Right. Yeah. You're know, like, I, like I get to, I get to be brilliant and seem like a genius. Cause I know a lot of shit about a fucking show that nobody fucking remembers and shit. It's dialed in to what you're best at. Like, unlike my dad, I can't speak for, well, Edgar was like a architect. Was, yeah. Carpenter. Carpenter. Contractor. He worked for others and shit. Like oh that. yeah. And your dad, what did your dad do? No. <laughs> what did your mom do? Um, I don't know. He worked in a factory. What did mom do? Uh, she was a stay-at-home mom for the most part of her. What life. did you do? What did your parents do? Uh, my dad drove subways in Manhattan. He was a train operator. The fuck out of here! Yeah, really? twenty years. He he drove the subways around from Coney Island to Manhattan, up and down. That's fucking badass. It did he ever awesome. see crime and shit? Oh my god, dude! I used to go to work with him. At, like this, was the <laughs> sons. There's crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like that's when the subway cars were like all covered in yeah, graffiti, graffiti and, and shit. And uh, yeah, he. I mean, he would have guys kill themselves on the track all the time oh. and stuff like that. <laughs> he <laughs> saw that as he's driving. Oh, he saw like a his dude buddy go- was called Meat Train because like every other time he worked, somebody killed himself in the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> fuck! Oh, they called the Meat Train. It was great. And uh, yeah, so we, I, you know, I would go. Could to you work imagine you're just driving a train and you're like, "Here comes another." And like somebody's literally going to die, and there's nothing you can do about it. After a while, it's just about the paperwork. I'm told you're like, oh, for fuck's sake! Like now I got to stay. That's here. Cr- that like, is crazy. The yeah. way that like people hit a pigeon, and they're like, oh man, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Hitting a human being, and like being like fucking paperwork. But regardless, uh, and then Brian's mom, not to leave her out, was also a fucking worker. She's a nurse and shit. All these people did jobs that they were like, we're going to give you money if you'll do this thing, and all of those people. I'm sure man to a woman would have been like, I'm never doing this unless you give me money mm-hmm. to do this. We got to grow up and, and have jobs where it's like a pleasure to go to work, where your job is literally to be like, today I had to remember a TV show that I watched years ago. <laughs> like that's the hardest heavy lifting. Or, you know, today I had to wear a very expensive costume <laughs> that my friend handed me and I had to bring a Joker wig. But other than that, it's pretty damn impressive and and qu- kind of like how like the, me looking at the Gretzky story like you know I was like oh I recognize elements of my own story in that and that's why I'm drawn to it in the first place not because the dude was so vastly different though he was uh, from me in weird ways we were similar and it was like nice to, for like to see like I think that's ultimately what I came down to I was like even though I don't do what that person does I recognize that person 
I recognize myself in that person. The values that person has are similar to fucking mine. When I look at tell him Steve Dave now, that's all I feel is kinship and a sense of like, oh my God, that's just like me. Now it makes more sense in this instance, since we all know each other and shit, but like there's like sees like in this instance as well. Like uh, me going like, oh my God, they, they'll make a thing. They'll do a show. They'll do this. They'll like all of that. And I don't want it to sound condescending, but makes me like insanely fucking proud because I do feel a small sense of like, same way. I'm always like, if I didn't meet Walt clerks, doesn't happen. I don't meet Brian clerks. Doesn't happen. I don't meet Jay clerks. Doesn't happen. I feel like I leave this world going. If I'm the lodestar in this instance, if I don't exist, this doesn't exist. We say uh, that. We say and that. And it, it makes it time. gives me, and I don't mean that as a sense of like, and so hence, give me all the money. <laughs> it, I mean it as a sense of like, this is going to sound fucking weird. I've done a lot of things in life, and I'm proud of all the things I've done. And some of them are very obvious and big and stuff like that. But one of the things I'm proudest of is this. And not because like, like I created this, but because the, I, I just know that it wouldn't have happened if we all hadn't met. Like, I know you two, if we'd never met, you two would never be sitting around going like, we should start one of them podcasts here so much about. Um, you guys wouldn't know each other. Dude, I say constantly. Like, he come in through. I, I, my life is, is not even recognizable. But, it's, but you can trace it back further to, like, I, I need to meet Walter. Yeah. Or else. And, sure. and I need to, like, apparently it took eight fucking months, but I needed to reach Walter to enter Walter's world and stuff. And then that is, that's the, the mini bang or the big bang. That's the beginning of my fucking universe. The universe that would come to put food on my table and fucking like, you know, get me respect in the world where people are like, I like you. I live a life where, and I'm sure you recognize this and you recognize this and you'll probably recognize this. Um, you probably more than most because TV fucking makes you everybody's relative. Mm -hmm. But I live a life where people just fucking are smile when they see me. And don't fucking have, don't feel the need to say anything more than like, I love everything you do and fucking move on. Yeah. That for a person like me, the personality that the, you know, type that I am, that's more important than fucking money. That kind of like, oh my God, fucking respect. And it probably has a lot to do with Jersey, like, you know, fucking feeling always shit on or whatever the fuck and not good enough or whatever the fuck. From Staten Island. Fucking New York. Yeah, <laughs> you know, living next to New York is just fucking hurts sometimes. But like, <laughs> it it is, that is worth more than any piece of currency that I've accrued across like 27 years of making things. Because you can't fucking spend that and it cannot be minted but once. That's that that you and me don't meet i don't have that in life where some people are just like fucking love your shit man and i say to them thank you and it's a brief exchange but i go on my day and i feel like a million fucking bucks i have something that a lot of people don't have in life this fucker didn't have that years ago and that's why he was like i got one foot on the stool nobody fucking cares i don't even need i love my wife to death but like she hates the fact that i'm like I'm glad that you love me, but I get that everywhere. What I need from you is sex. <laughs> sex is what we do. Love, I can get on the streets. And I take that for granted all the time because it's just been my life for a quarter of a century now. But that moment, whenever somebody's just like, 
fucking love your shit, man. And I'm like, thank you. And I go on with my day. Traces right back to me going like, so I understand that you like comic books. Yeah, yeah, I always wonder that because I'm like, I, I, I still think though that you probably would have written Clerks. Never, no. Yeah, I don't know. I, why. I, I can point. I, I look. I spent a lot. You were of a writer before you met me, but I didn't write Clerks. And what did I write? I wrote SNL type sketches. But like, I meet you. You introduce me to him, and he is the key to Clerks because he's Randall. Mm-hmm. So like, your sensibility is very close to his. But as we all know, Brian is a singular individual. So. <laughs> Brian, Brian manifests Randall and stuff. So I, I don't ever write, cl- and then also add to it, I don't meet Jason Muse unless I meet him through Walter and Brian. So that's true. Randall and Jay don't exist. What do I make a movie about fucking Dante? Mm. You did. <laughs> well, with Dante, <laughs> not about Dante. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, it's, I can point to that and be like, that is true. Walter and I did this recently. I won't go deep into it. So, Bunny, you love music, don't you? Yes, I love music. You love listening to it. Nice and loud, right? Yes. But that drives Dada crazy. So what's what's good? What can we do to so Dada doesn't have to hear it? Because Ear- there's a prank. Earbuds? No, there's, there's a prank. There's a prank? Yeah. I don't know what that means, but we're talking about earbuds right now. We're talking about Raycon. So if you need a pair of wireless earbuds to take you from conference calls to solo work to Zoom meetings... Raycon's E85 work earbuds are a game changer. They changed the game. The game was there and they changed it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, just as long as you're caught up. So anyway, I love Raycon. I have four pairs. Three of them I bought myself. When? I don't know. worry about it. That's none of your business. So anyway, they're not just great for work. They're perfect for any time and anywhere you need great audio. They've got a six-microphone system, six-age, that cuts down on environmental noise and ensures your voice is crystal clear on calls. And there's also active noise canceling for maximum focus and ambient mode for when you need to hear the world around you. You very rarely hear the world around you, right? Mm-hmm. You have, you have your own world? Our own world. Is it fun in there? we we'll see. You'll see? Mm-hmm. All right. And Raycon's work earbuds boast a 32-hour battery life. They're super comfortable, and with a soft velvet finish and memory foam ear tips, you'll want to wear them in your off hours, too. You're going to want to wear them 24-7, Bunny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. From sunrise to sunset. Uh, Raycon has a 45-day free return policy. So here you go. Go to buyraycon.com slash T-E-S-D to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, B-U-Y, Raycon.com slash T-E-S-D for 15% off Raycons today. That's buy Raycon.com slash T-E-S-D. Have you got it? Did you get it? Sure. Good. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) But Walter and I had a quasi-argument, probably our first in in a long time, fairly recently. And in one of the if you if this is gonna make you uncomfortable you kill it no but i know on tesdy sometimes you guys go therapeutically and stuff um walter um at one point brought up uh like uh, me smoking weed mm-hmm. as uh what what problematic or like recently yes only and honestly yeah. only once to me yeah. in my entire life which oh, I, I said to him i was like walter i'm so glad that you didn't do this when i first started smoking weed i was like because i guarantee you 
I would have stopped smoking weed because I know my relationship with Walter and I got where I am in life by going like, oh, he thinks that's cool. Like fucking good. That's cool. So if you had ever sat me down and been like, you probably, you, you're a fucking weed addict and you probably shouldn't smoke weed. <laughs> I definitely would have fucking stopped because it, it would have scared me, like scared me straight or something like that. However, my point to Walter um, during all that was, and it was like an hour conversation was I can draw direct three. Three hours? <laughs> <laughs> Were you smoking weed while you were having the conversation? Was I? Uh, no, I don't no. think. No, you're, I wasn't because I was, I was too flabbergasted to light up. I was like, what? <laughs> but Walter's point was like, he, he said something that was like, it, it scared me for a second because he goes, we were in the midst of like a fucking heated discussion, but he was like, you know what? Like, I've been a bad fucking friend to you because I never fucking said something to you. I should have said something to you years ago. And I've been a bad friend to you guys. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I, you know what? I shouldn't even be saying it. I don't want to say this. And I was fucking terrified because I'm like, what is it? Fucked your wife. Yeah. Well, I mean, but, <laughs> it, but I, I, that wouldn't have made me mad as much as I'm like, really? Like, how did you manage that? Yeah, and you waited until now? Why didn't you let me cuck it out? You I like you. I like her. <laughs> it would have been a great night for me. But it was very, it was, it was instead, it was um, like him going, I, I think you, I think you're, uh, what was the, I don't want to fucking rephrase. I said, I, I, I said, I failed you as a friend because yes. I didn't, I didn't really ever tell you how I thought you were smoking way too much it wasn't that it wasn't that it was it was that was the general well, yeah, idea but it was a much more word. yes Ver verbiage was a little you're a harsher. fucking addict that's that that was the word i think junkie was the word you didn't know, pull no, junkie no, that would that would have that would have like really fucking charmed you didn't me. talk about this on tell no this uh, is not my story to tell but all these things you're calling them kind of waters down me being a junkie well, i feel like I said, because like you know i, I really would, tried i would go to i would i've gone to him and i've told he him he told me this and this I didn't to his know. house and I was just like it smells like Cheech and Chong's yeah, house <laughs> this is fucked up I said because I drove by your house and I could smell I could smell pot coming out of your house that is fucked up I said and I someone should tell you that it's fucked up but I wouldn't tell you that though and I, because of just awkwardness, I guess. Why? Just like, uh, number one, please never come to my house then. <laughs> you'll all be, fairness to me. You'll be was, a mile away. Oh, no, like, all fairness bullshit. It was a fan and I smoke it to the fan so it blows it out the window. So but also, he, well, I'm, I'm going to take you back one the other whole step. Neighborhood I'm not a junkie. I'm not a junkie. The whole neighborhood <laughs> is high because of your house. Is that the fear that like that the smoke will secondhand and travel inappropriately? No, no, I just felt like. I'm not, There's I, no fear, only judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Was that the judgment? No, no I, I, I guess because I come from a, I, I, I'm just the type of person that's just like I see, like if you're doing it that much, yeah. there, there could be a problem. There's a part in the documentary that Malcolm made called Clerk, which is coming out, which all three of the boys are interviewed in at various points. But Walter's interview is the, is probably the most charming because at one point like you hear malcolm go he's been high every day for the last 10 years talking about me and walter goes that's not true and he goes no it's true and walter goes there's no anyone could do the same thing every day for 10 years straight number one what's charming about that to me is it's said by the guy sitting in the same comic book store for 20 years eating pizza and chicken fingers every fucking day so i was like yeah yeah that's impossible to keep a streak going but it it was like when yeah, i watched to hear it it was very like he doesn't like he does like for a minute it was like nah, that can't be true that wouldn't be true because it's because it's also like a, it's a feeling of guilt on my part i'm like i never say anything 
that, never say anything. That's what he said on the phone. He was like, I was so like, I, I'm fucking, I should have told you and stuff. And, and for a second, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the talk that I would have had with you, somebody I considered an addict. And I was like, I'm the addict now. I'm being like, I'm the one who's being focused on. So my point to Walt was like, um, Walt, like, honestly, I could trace everything that we do back to weed. And Walt's like, that's not true. And he's like, clerks. And I was like, clerks, of course not. I said, but everything from telling Steve Dave forward, I said, literally, I can draw a line from weed to everything that you guys have done for the last 10 years. And he was like, bullshit. And I was like, here we go. I said, tell him Steve Dave was born from a stoner, the guy who wanted to do a podcast called Joint Counter Joint. Then it was shaped by a fucking stoner, edited, renamed by a stoner, put out on a stoner's podcast network, which only existed because I was a stoner at that point in life. I was like... Let's fucking do a podcast network. Wouldn't that be fucking <laughs> badass? Why don't we have more than one show? So I was like, it's marinated. The beginning of fucking tell him Steve Dave is marinated in fucking weed. And not to mention the fact that Brian used to smoke weed and stuff like that. I was like, so tell him Steve Dave has weed all over it and stuff. And I was like, comic book men. And he was like, comic book men would have happened without weed. You can't tell me weed did that. I said, Walter, comic book men was pitched in a smoke session with Charlie McClellan going like AMC wants to make a show. After The Walking Dead, they want to do a geek show. You got any ideas? And I was like, no. <laughs> I said, but you know what you should do? It would be a cheap fucking geek show. Is you should do like Pawn Stars, but in a comic book store. Because comic book stores, like now people know what they are. It's not like just comic book guy. Like there's a mass awareness of what a comic book store is. You couldn't do this years ago, but you could totally do it fucking now. I said, you just got to go out and find the most acerbic comic book store fucking staff in the world. Like you just do a nationwide search and shit. And then you go shoot them because comic book people, they're acerbic and funny and shit like that. And we worked on that for a month. He was like, oh, he goes, I'll take it back to AMC. And he called me up the next day and he was like, grab a joint. And I was like, why? He's like, I got to tell you something. I said, all right. And I lit up. He's like, I fucking took that idea to AMC. I was like, get the fuck out of here. He's like, they liked it. And I was like, really? It's like, yeah, they want to do fucking a sizzle reel and shit. They're going to give us 10 grand. I said, 10 grand? What is a sizzle reel? He goes, it's like basically a pilot, but a shortened version of what the show will be. And I said, is 10 grand a lot for the sizzle reel? He goes, we'll probably burn through it on the location alone. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we got to find a comic book store. We can't find the world's most acerbic comic book store staff. We don't know if we have a show. So we have to shoot a sizzle reel. We just have to find a local comic book show uh, store and make it seem like this is what the show would be. I was like, so you need people on camera. And he said, yeah. And I was like, all right. I was like, well, I got a comic book store. And that was the first time I'd mentioned it, like in a month. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? You own a comic? I said, yeah. He goes, why didn't you say that? I was like, it sounds braggy. I don't like to say it out loud. But yeah, I own a comic book store. He goes, we can fucking shoot it there. That's the show he's going. It's not a comic book store. You own a comic book store. And I was like, well, I'll tell you what, man. I said, the guys at the store, they do a podcast called Tell Them Steve Dave. And they're really fucking funny, man. So tonight, I'm going to send you some links fucking smoke up and listen to the first five episodes and tell him steve dave so charlie went home fucking smoked up and then charlie called me up the next day and he goes you're a fucking idiot this is the show and i was like what do you mean he's like these two fuckers who sound like they've been married for 10 years man like they're hysterical we got to meet them and shit i was like really fantastic oh my god i said well problem is they're not really into tv like they loved watching it but i don't think they want to be on it and shit and sure of course of course when i asked both of them they were like oh fuck no brian's big thing was i don't want to look like an asshole which is perfectly Brian Johnson, but not Brian Johnson anymore. 
Brian Johnson I knew was that guy. It was oh like, I'm not your Walter. <laughs> yes. Now, now he's just like, dress me up like big Batman, please. But isn't that going on the assumption though, that like, if you're not high, you won't come up with any ideas. Oh, that's, that's ludicrous. Only, but only I could point to the fact that there was a time I wasn't high and didn't come up with any of the, these ideas. So in proof, I can actually point to that. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? though? it's like, I, I feel like you're selling, like selling yourself. But so do you get short. what I'm saying? Like, I, if I could have done all those things without being a smoker, I would have, but I didn't. They didn't happen until I was a smoker. Never in a million years would so, I have said to Charlie McClellan, like, you should do a TV show about a fucking comic book store unless I was fucking stoned. And never in a million years would he have been like, I'm going to take this. So if you weren't smoking, you don't think you would have the, you, would, you don't think that. Uh, that the, meeting the, wouldn't the, even have happened in the first place. The only reason the meeting happened was uh, Elise, who was mm-hmm. uh, Elise Sidon, who was responsible for comic book men mm-hmm. um she was the guy the lady who knew fucking charlie and put us in the room and shit i was like elise i don't she goes my friend wants to talk to you and i was like uh with all due respect like i'm good i don't need to and she's like he just talked to amc and i was like oh amc they make Mad Men. i like Mad Men a lot what is he talking about she's like he i don't know he just wants to talk to you about doing a show and i never take those meetings but she was like he's a stoner and I was like, oh, all right, well, fucking, I'm going to be smoking weed anyway. So if Charlie wants to come and talk, have him come over. And it was all born in a blaze of smoke. So he goes back and listens to the show, falls in love with it. And then he decides that, like, these guys are the show. And so that's when you guys get introduced to AMC. AMC comes down and meets people and shit like that. So the whole of comic book men is born in a haze of smoke, literally born out of weed. And I can honestly tell you, if I wasn't a stoner, I would not have been that ballsy. I became much freer when I became a stoner, um, much more uh, out of myself. I, you know, I was always trying to keep up an image that I thought I had to keep up. And then when I became a stoner, I just let go of that all. And I was like, I don't care what it looks like or what I look like or what people think about. I got one life. I'm going to do this shit because this sounds fun and shit. And it just freed me up for the possibilities. Like if you listen to the first few Smodcasts, like the first year of Smodcast, it's a completely different show from what it became. The first year of Smodcast would never have birthed Tell Him Steve Dave. But the second year of Smodcast, when I'm, when I'm a stoner, like after I do Zach and Mary, and I'm like, oh, fuck life. And I just become a flat out stoner. I'm like, this will help my career. This will help my fucking marriage and shit like that. Once I embraced that, suddenly I was like, you know what? I'm thinking way too seriously about all this shit. Like, it's a miracle that any of this fucking shit happened. And why are you so serious? You made fucking clerks. Like, you know, I was always out there positioning myself as a serious writer and shit like that. And it's like, bro, you made clerks and mall rats. Like, you're fucking lean into it, man. Lean into it. So once I started smoking weed, I leaned into everything in a big, bad way. So those things wouldn't happen if I was a stoner, not a stoner, because I've been like, I'm not meeting with some fucking guy that you know. Like, no, I've got my own thing going on here. So definitely that began in smoke. And then comic book men, unfortunately, comes to a fucking conclusion. And the first call that went out was about Brian. Nobody was concerned about Walter because Walter had a job at the stash and shit. And also for years, Walter was always like, is this show over yet? And he grew to, he grew to enjoy it and, yeah. and love it and embrace it. And, and I still maintain to this day, and I don't even say this facetiously or just because we're friends and I'm obviously very affectionate about you, but knowing you and knowing the role that you played on that show, it's a crime that you did not get an <laughs> Emmy. And I'm not talking about an Emmy for reality TV. I'm talking about best actor in a fucking anything. So, and you can see like, as the seasons go on, how much better he gets at it. Like where fake Walt is like, it's, control, though. it's the moment they start letting him do shit. And they start that by the end of first season, when they do the commercial episode, because yeah. that captured his imagination. And that's that Walt is the Walt that is responsible for what, 
what you guys do now. The Walt of yeah. like, I think, com- be I think cool. being on that side of comic book, man, really would also like, you know, uh, kickstarted some sort of like, oh, okay, that's how you do it. And that's how you do this. Probably oh, as well. do this. Like, yeah, like what right. do you want to do? And it's yeah. like, well, I want to do this. We're like, okay. Yeah. And then it came on the heels too of you know, well now you have to do this. Like comic book men was something that was done for and around you. But when you start the Patreon, then you're like, I've got, I'm responsible for creating content without content. We don't have an audience without an audience. There is no fucking point. So you are forced into a position of like, we got to create stuff. And now you get to make all the calls. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, you know, uh, Brian Nichelle part. was a wonderful fucking <laughs> collaborator, <laughs> but Brian Nichelle at the end of the day could be like, well, don't do this or let's leave this out or something like that. He could, or even if we did it, yeah, he could take it out afterwards. Take it out <laughs> afterwards. Now this is something where like you have complete control and authority over it. So it production came at the right time. Like it's never oh. once during comic book men did you look around and be like we should do this but it was right. necessity was the mother of invention and suddenly you realize that you have tools to actually do this fucking thing because you've sat around watching other people do it and also you've getting help from outside fuckers and then going like hey man fucking come help us because you got a fan base that's creative as fuck all right we're gonna put a pin in it again man our ongoing conversation uh smodcast uh tesd conversation first hour was over on smodcast Second hour, you've been listening to right here on the Tessie podcast or watching it happen on their Patreon. Third hour, we're going to break right here and there's going to be a third hour of this shit. You don't want to miss the third fucking hour, particularly if you're a stoner, goddammit. Third hour of this shit will be on Smodcast and on my YouTube channel, the Kevin Smith YouTube channel and stuff. But for now... We stopped that conversation. You got to end your show proper, though. I feel like I'm doing too much talking on your show. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, Walt, just say, tell him Steve Dave. <laughs> <laughs> tell him Steve Dave. <laughs>